0: Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. At some point, I started telling a story about taking pizza in a bag through the airport. Pizza bag? Yes. And I cut it out. So <laughs> it was totally irrelevant. It had nothing to do with anything. That one's just for us.
1: It's <laughs> <That's> just. <laughs> <laughs> the like mental image burned of you in my mind of you like carrying a dripping, greasy bag of pizza slices through security is
0: so gold. I'm Sarah and I'm Ashley. In high school we were best friends and now that we're old we're still best friends and we both really love the show Friends. We love it so much that we thought we'd re-watch it together and tell you all about it. So join us to find out all the details that two people who weren't there can find out from the internet.
1: Could there be be better friends friends friends
0: watching Friends? I will never ever forget that. Not only do I not want to be in an airport, like, can you imagine, like the worst thing I can imagine is like taking food through the conveyor belt and then eating it.
1: Like, like, so horrifying <laughs> to me now. Pump it full of radiation. <laughs> and, then, and then eat it next to someone who clearly <laughs> doesn't want to sit next to you. Make sure it has garlic dipping sauce.
0: <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was like, Cause, you know walking through the airport is fine and i was like whatever put it in the bin and then i got on the plane and was like oh i have to pull this up. i'm like really hungry <laughs> <laughs> but, like i have this weird like soggy sack <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> oh no hashtag soggy sack
0: <laughs> oh gross <laughs> oh I mean, uh that was such a funny
1: day. That was- <laughs> okay. Do you, do you want to get into the episode? Do you want to, do you want to get this started? I'm ready. Okay. You ready? Yes. Number one, who swallowed a Scrabble tile?
0: I'm going to guess Joey.
1: It's not one of the six. I'll give you a hint. Oh, is it Phoebe's brother? That's a really good guess, but no, the answer is Marcel.
0: Oh, dang it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't know one. Yeah, that one one was a hard one right off the bat.
0: I feel like the whole Marcel era, like, I don't like when he has a monkey. I find that whole thing very strange, so.
1: I I agree. Okay, this one's kind of a softball. I should have started with this one. Who did Mr. Heckles leave his estate to?
0: to Monica and Rachel, the noisy girls downstairs, right?
1: Yep, Monica and Rachel. Double points for the noisy girls downstairs. Or downstairs. <laughs> oh, thank you. Downstairs. <laughs> um, which friend took part in a fertility study? Joey. Yes, very good. All right. Oh, this one's hard. I, don't- I would not get this one. Okay. What was the name of the animal control officer Monica and Rachel knew from high school?
0: Oh, I remember she comes to get Marcel, right? But I don't know what her name is. I have no idea. Louisa. Oh.
1: That did not ring a bell at all. Um. Okay. Ooh, another Mr. Heckles one. This is the last one. What possession of Mr. Heckles did Monica break?
0: Ooh, Shoot. I can't remember. I don't know that one.
1: It is a lamp, but what kind of lamp?
0: A floor lamp.
1: A seashell lamp.
0: Oh, okay. All I can picture is Chandler like sweeping and being like, I'm Mr. Huckles. I know. <laughs> With the broom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Man, I missed two of those. That was a challenge. These are hard. I want to continue this because
1: I feel like it definitely stretches my knowledge.
0: (laughs) It's questions like what's their friend's name who's an animal control worker, like stuff like that. If I went to a trivia, that's when I wouldn't do
1: well. My knowledge is like purely situational. (laughs) Although this podcast is helping me like with names and guest stars. So this is really, really fun. I didn't do a whole lot of background on this one. I got some weird stuff, but because uh, <laughs> there was there was definitely some
0: some strangeness. There's a lot of new sets in this episode, like a lot of new places. Yeah.
1: So I guess we should we should just get into the episode then, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, so this is the sixth episode of Friends in season one, the one with the butt. <laughs> do you like the way I said that butt? It did, yeah. <laughs> so this episode premiered on October 27th, 1994. Um, it was written by Adam Chase and Ira Ungerleader and was directed by Arlene Sanford. So Adam Chase, one of the writers, he worked on 140 episodes of Friends from season one through six. So, Whoa. yeah, he's been, he's been around the, the Friends block. Yeah. And then Ira Ungerleader, Ungerlieder, leader, Ungerlieder Also worked on 34 episodes of Friends from season one through three. So not quite the tenure that Adam had. And then Arlene Sanford was the director of Friends for one episode this episode.
0: Oh.
1: And I didn't find any other information
0: about her. She did a great job in this one episode.
1: She did. (laughs) She did. I'm really excited uh, to talk about Just the audition scene, by the way.
0: (laughs) Me too. Mind blown.
1: Yeah. Should I jump into a summary for us? My summary is super short today. And to the point. Monica's obsessiveness is put to the test after Rachel cleans the apartment. Joey lands a film role as Al Pacino's butt double. And Chandler enjoys a relationship with all of the fun, but none of the responsibility. So those are our three plot lines following the formulaic three act. um,
0: Three plot line structure. Yes, not acts.
1: Yeah, very much integrated plot line structure.
0: We know what we're talking about. (laughs) Yep, we're professionals.
1: Nope. So I do have some fun facts though. Are they perky facts? They're pretty perky. This is the very first episode that we've seen so far where the opening scene does not take place in Central Park, but instead we are opening to this wonderful play.
0: It was really exciting to like be somewhere new and like we actually get to see Joey working. Yeah, and like all the friends are out on the town,
1: like Mm -hmm. New York, not in their apartment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not talking about dating too. I noticed like we're not opening about dating, like we're not talking about that stuff. That's nice.
1: Yeah. My second fact is in the uncut DVD version of this episode, which contains quite a few little snippets that's not in the streaming version. This is the first appearance of June Gable as Joey's agent, Estelle Leonard. She is the one that ends up signing Joey after his performance in Freud and gets him the job as Al Pacino's butt double.
0: I'm so bummed that those scenes were cut out because she's so good and there's so much... I have to say about that scene, but I mean, when we get to it, we can, but I, I was bummed that that was cut out because it seems important to know who Estelle is. Plus she's such a great periphery character.
1: She's just a gem. And then my final fact is that this is the first time that Monica and Chandler's bedrooms in their apartments are shown.
0: Ah, I've got some things to say about those bedrooms. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) But yeah, a lot of new places. Very exciting. Yep. So we were saying in episode four, we were like going on and on and on about how much we loved Rachel's friend being like, you look like you're in a play. (laughs) And then at the beginning of this one, our opening shot is of a theater, like with a play. Oh, and
1: their commentary with Joey is, is just so good. I can't wait till we get there.
0: It's incredible. Yes. I was gonna tell you about this theater really quick. I looked it up to see if it's a real theater. Oh yeah. It's the Cherry Lane Theater, our opening shot. Like we see the, the scene of New York and then like generic New York scene, then the front of the play, they have the big posters that say Freud in all capitals. And exclamation point. Don't forget the exclamation <laughs> point. It opened in 1923, and it's New York's longest continually running off-Broadway theater, and it's located at 38 Commerce Street in Greenwich Village. It was originally a farm silo in 1817, <laughs> it was a, where a silo was. Um, then a brewery was built there, and then it was a tobacco warehouse and a box factory until 1923 when it became a theater. and. In the 20s, they had plays by F. Scott Fitzgerald. They've had plays by Gertrude Stein and T.S. Eliot.
1: Wow. That's, that's like, a very prestigious place. I wonder if it was prestigious in the Friends world, because it seems like it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible play.
0: Right. I'm guessing for, like, Kaufman and Cray, or, like, you know, all these New York writers, like, they must have known about this. Yeah. So. Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah, that tracks. I don't know if this is really the inside of the actual playhouse, but oh my God, that place is very tiny. There's three rows. And they're all like kitchen chairs, (laughs) wickery, (laughs) spindly chairs. I don't think they could have fit more than 20 people in the audience, if that.
0: And it only looks like there's maybe two other people besides the friends in there.
1: Yeah, I said three rows, so tiny, not more than nine people. (laughs) So, you know, Joey, Joey's really breaking into the biz.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I do like, though, that all five of them are there to support him. Um, But Rachel is the only one who's excited. Yeah. And she seems legitimately excited. I have a quick note on fashion. Yes. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I may vomit. Rachel and Phoebe look like they actually are dressed for the theater. There's like a ton of black and a ton of velvet going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So Phoebe's blazer with the shoulder pads, it seemed like so off character for her. I was I was very confused by that. Yeah. Rachel, though, was wearing now like black dress. I was like, that's that seems very playy.
0: Theatresque. Phoebe's got on like that long velvet skirt. This seems like they dressed up. I guess Monica's wearing like another weird vest shirt again. She like really loves those. Uh, Yeah. And then Ross and Chandler like didn't put any effort in at all seemingly. But I did note that they all look like themselves. Like Phoebe and Rachel like look like they've dressed up, but they all look like themselves, which is finally a very good thing. Yes,
1: totally. So the the play opens (laughs) to this terrible song that we end up revisiting multiple times throughout the series, actually, that of Joey singing in that German accent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did. I had one thing about Phoebe right before the play starts, because Rachel's talking about how excited she is and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be really bad. Rachel says it might be good and Phoebe goes well the exclamation point in the title scares me you know it's not just Freud it's Freud
1: <laughs> it scares me too Phoebe
0: <laughs> <laughs> when Joey starts singing at 49 seconds you can see Jennifer Aniston almost break she, ha- she like, oh my- ha- mouth with her hand and she's just like <laughs> and then at a minute you can see Lisa Kudrow almost break she's doing that like tucking her lip down like trying to (laughs) oh god so i totally
1: didn't notice that because i was so focused on ross's like silly smile (laughs) like his face is like so joyful and and just like so i don't know if it's like he's so happy that it's so bad or if he's just genuinely like pleased that joey has this part in this play but he's just like so into it and kind of like like, moving his head around to the beat, it's it's really
0: good. Probably a little bit of both. He okay. probably actually is liking it. Yeah. And I was watching Joey as Freud and being like, should I jazz up my therapy practice? Like, I don't do any singing and dancing when I do therapy. Like, maybe I should do a little of that.
1: You should. You should also uh, just toss in an accent every now and then.
0: <laughs> the fake beard. Yeah. <laughs> I had one comment about that actress who's laying on the couch her name is jillian fontaine and she appeared in the real days of our lives soap opera which joey becomes a part of in friends later so that actress there's so many connections well also jennifer aniston's dad in real life was on on days for like ever a million years
1: oh that's true that's true yeah there's a lot of crossover with the uh soap opera world and mm-hmm. friends
0: which is kind of fun speaking of corrections whatever that segment is called um <laughs> updates and corrections how about just fix it now <laughs> fix it. <laughs> it now corner um <laughs> i was talking about it's episode four about how all the characters are named after all my children characters and you were like, oh, what's that about? And I had no further commentary that I no further knowledge. Um, but I have a follow-up. It was reported by IMDB and Refinery29. The Chandler Bing's name comes from the Chandler family and All My Children, which has inc- iconic characters like Adam Chandler and Haley Vaughn, who was played by Kelly Rippa. Oh. Um Ross's name is also from the mega rich soap opera clan as he was named after Ross Chandler. Rachel Green came from Janet Green um, and Joey came from Joe Martin and Phoebe came from Phoebe Wallingford. And Monica is the only one that's kind of a stretch. The original character is named Monique who was Daisy Murdoch, but briefly went by the alias Monique Johnville. So there you go.
1: I guess the creators just all really loved soap operas. Yeah. I'm going to attribute it to that.
0: It's funny that they were all named after all my children characters, but the soap that they have to use in the show is Days because it was on NBC and Days was on NBC. Oh, that, okay. That makes sense.
1: But really the creators just like loved. All my children. Loved all my children.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway, that's the end of that fix it. fix it fix it now
1: (laughs) so there's an extended dance scene in the DVD that's not in the streaming version where it's just Joey like doing little dance moves during like after he sings and he's like dragging his feet across the stage and like doing jazz hands it's just a little bit it's like 15 extra seconds of Just fun.
0: Fantastic.
1: (laughs) And awkwardness.
0: A little, like, bad soft chew. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So good. (laughs) I do want to
1: say, though, that that the song that he sings, it's it's showcased again in other clips throughout the series, Um, namely in the one with Mac and Cheese. So it's referenced there. And the one with Joey's interview. And it's one of the only clips being used three different times
0: throughout the series. Oh. So he he clearly made an impact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's made an impact on Estelle for sure.
1: Well, yeah. And this is his debut that we see of his acting career, right? So much so that Estelle's like, I got to have him. Got
0: to get this guy. <laughs> got to get this guy. What I was thinking when I was watching him is like, yes, he's been in a lot of bad things, but it seems like he does a good job in the bad things he's, I mean, he's giving it his all. Like he, this is the material he's been given and he's doing it as best he can with what they've asked of him. So.
1: Absolutely. And he does a superb job as Dr. Drake Ramore. Well, yes. So he really grows into his, his acting chops. For sure.
0: I... Had a little deep dive after t- the credits at 2.02. We see that Freud musical poster again, and it says Daniel E. Hank presents at the top. And there is someone I found on IMDb named Daniel Hank, who's a production manager and a producer, but I don't know if it's the same guy. And I did not, they listed three projects from 2020 and 2018. And I didn't recognize any of them. I don't know. Oh, but, really but nothing going back to the 90s no interesting so I don't, okay i assume it's a real person like they seem like they do their homework so that's all i couldn't find on him sorry daniel
1: i appreciate your your thoroughness thank you <laughs> i just want to say that uh we have the rachel haircut
0: yeah we sure do
1: it's the first time that she has gotten this the snippy snippy, like, real Rachel haircut, which Jennifer Aniston has reportedly said that was her worst haircut. Ever. Ever,
0: yeah. But she is still with that same hairstylist, too. Chris McMillan, I think is his name. She still uses him as her hairstylist, and they launched that, um, what's it called?
1: Isn't it dry shampoo? You were telling me about this.
0: yeah. That's no, like the know. best kind. <laughs> I can't think of what it's called now, but still with that guy and then like started a business with him. So I guess she got past it.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that's good. She's She has forgiveness. <laughs> I don't think it looks that bad. I mean, I remember when I was younger thinking that her hairstyle was so cool.
0: Oh, yeah. And when I was watching this episode, I actually had to try to do some research to see like, is that it? Because it didn't seem that Extreme, like I didn't. I guess I'm just so used to the haircut, I didn't really notice that it had happened.
1: It's a it's a longer version. I feel like they go shorter. Yeah. In in other episodes, where it's like way more layered, so much so that she can't even keep it, but like tucked behind her ears. Oh, that's my
0: least favorite haircut. <laughs> I'm always like, it needs to go behind my ears. Whatever you do, has to go behind my ears. So you and Jennifer Aniston have something in common. <laughs> I think we're basically best friends. Yeah, basically. That company is called Living Proof, by the way. Oh, okay. So
1: after um, the play, Chandler spots a super hot lady in the audience um, and tries to get an oblivious Ross to notice too. But Ross is so just like sad. Now he's sad about the play. He was so into it. I don't know what happened. (laughs) It must have devolved quickly.
0: Did you hear Rachel and Monica's comments? Like Rachel goes, I feel violated. And then Monica Monica says, does anyone else want to peel their skin off their body just to have something else to do? It was real bad. Yeah. I heard this phrase recently on another podcast, this comedian, he said, that's top to bottom, a straight up yikes. (laughs) I was thinking about that for this play. I think it's a straight up yikes, top to bottom. Top to bottom. I like that. Oh,
1: man. I loved Chandler just adamantly trying to get Ross to notice. And Ross is just so sad. He's just like,
0: oh, It was like 2 o'clock. And he's like, no, 9, 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Over there. Like, she's there. Over there. Ross has no clue.
1: Nope. And then there's like, oh, my gosh. You should go and ask her out. Like, especially Rachel is like, come on. She's a person. <laughs> um, and he's just like, and, and Chandler's just like, She makes all the women I date look like short, fat, bald men.
0: Also wanted to ask you, how many times have you had an experience where someone you've never met, never seen, never spoken to, walked up to you out of nowhere and just asked you out? Like, that's all that happens.
1: I think never. (laughs) (laughs) You said a lot of nevers and I have to agree.
0: I agree is something that is so touted in TV shows. They're like, just ask them out. Like Seinfeld and this show in particular, they're just like constantly talking to anyone near them, like going out. And I'm like, if some rando came up to me, <laughs> like wherever, I don't know. I, I would feel, I'd be like, what's your name? What do you do? Like, do you have, are you creepy? Like, what? <laughs> so
1: this, but the, I mean, I think that something to go back to is that like, this was free smartphones so like there was no dating like not really any dating apps like this I this was before I dated so (laughs) um I think that this was like maybe how you asked people out which 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 seems very uh (laughs) unsettling I don't like it how do you decide, like, how do you, how do you, as either the person taking the risk, or the person being asked out, what are you working on? Like, you're you're not working on a whole lot. So, (laughs) like, how do you make that decision? It seems like, like, the, the, the stakes are very high.
0: Right? Yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, you don't even have a five minute conversation, you just go straight to the question. That seems strange like especially for the person person making the move like wouldn't you only want to make the move if you were like kind of vibing like it can't all just be on looks
1: I don't know but but that's what I think it is like I think it has to be on looks and that's it because that's all that really is all that you're working with and I feel like that's kind of harsh too like if like if you are the person in either seat if one I don't I don't know I just I it it feels like a lot of like confidence slashing (laughs) like for everyone involved for for everyone involved I, I
0: don't know I don't like it I don't like it either I was feeling uncomfortable watching the whole thing and then I was watching her look like she was very uncomfortable and it was like
1: yeah Fair point. Well, that's because Chandler is the most awkward thing in this scene ever. Like, he can't even get a word out. Like, he can't talk about his name. And, and she's there by herself. What we find out about her later makes me wonder why she was at this terrible play by herself. Unless one of the guys she was seeing was actually in the play.
0: Oh, maybe one of them was one of the guys in the straitjacket. Maybe. So couldn't get to her
1: one of the things that I loved that it was so Chandler-y was that he he, when they were convincing him to go over there he did say in a very Chandler way could she be any more out of my league and that made that made me giggle
0: me too I wrote that down and he's like what would I say to her (laughs) (laughs) such a Chandler noise so (laughs) Chandler-y And then I love that Ross, he's like, Ross, back me up. And Ross is like, oh, you can never get a girl like that in a million years. He's like, thanks, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then then Phoebe is like, but you always see those beautiful women with those nothing guys.
0: Like, you could be one of those guys. (laughs) My favorite thing about that is that is what he's like, really? Okay. Okay. (laughs) She's so honest. So great. Oh, yeah. And right before he walks over, he says, I'm very aware of my tongue. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Like he's just so nervous. He's just aware of like a body part you never pay attention yeah. to. It's just filling up his mouth somehow.
1: <laughs> okay. And that makes sense how he can't like get words out. He's just like nah.
0: <laughs> "I should have said, I mean, I don't know. I've never felt that. I've never been <laughs> <that> awkward. <laughs> but You're like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's <laughs>
1: actually this is last wednesday <laughs>
0: yeah, i had that same thing <laughs>
1: oh sometimes you are very Chandler-y.
0: <laughs> yeah probably chandler and ross like, <laughs> got some monica in me too but yeah i'm i'm just a just top to bottom yikes <laughs> <laughs> top to bottom yikes oh so you want to know about that gal that Chandler is enamored with oh yeah I do she's played by Sophia Milos uh and she was born in Switzerland she is fluent in Italian French German English Greek and Spanish and has an Italian and U.S. passport she's kind of badass she has 237 hours of television on the air as well as on film
1: oh my gosh so she's been in like a lot of things
0: yeah, one of which is CSI Miami and one the other one is The Sopranos. I feel like the CSIs have like 8 million episodes, so for <laughs> some
1: of that. Was she, was she a regular or was she did she just bounce around between like small parts?
0: CSI Miami, she was a regular and I think on The Sopranos she was a regular, but I don't know for how many seasons. I never watched it, but um, I think she had a recurring role on The Sopranos. Also, I loved this was at the end of her bio it said She stays in shape through Pilates, Taibo, kickboxing, spinning, and jogging three to five times a week, and a low-carbohydrate diet with one chocolate a day to fuel her senses.
1: That was in her bio? That
0: was at the end. (laughs) I want
1: to be just like her and have one chocolate a day. (laughs) Senses fueled. (laughs) Oh Oh, my god, remember Taibo? yeah billy was that billy blaine billy blaine i don't know he was billy something billy i remember taibo being like so hardcore
0: yeah it was like only for intense people yeah oh billy blanks oh okay <laughs> i was like
1: is billy blaine the he might be like the magician
0: is that the coked out guy oh <laughs> I no know. no you're thinking david blaine <laughs> oh. <laughs> i know my stuff Who is the coked out guy that did (laughs) OxyClean? Oh. oh (laughs) The guy that shouts all the time. Screams. He's like sweating constantly. Oh, yeah.
1: Anyway. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that tangent. Joey pops out then after, while Chandler is going to talk to this, uh, this uh, sexy lady, <laughs> and he comes out from behind, from backstage, and is like, "What did you think?" And I wrote down what I could hear each of the friends saying because they repeat it again, um, and it was just like it, it, their their go-to comments were so funny. Like Ross says, "I didn't know you could dance." Rachel says, "You were to play." <laughs>
0: you were in a play
1: you were in a play which is so good because it calls back to her awful friend a couple episodes back and then monica says you were in a beard <laughs> and i couldn't tell what phoebe said but just just those three um were
0: just so good <laughs> i loved rachel's so i wrote that down as well and i was like hey you're in a play." <laughs> <laughs> so good. A
1: little more she was a little more like enthusiastic and supportive yes. in her tone yes. than the condescending friend.
0: Right. But <laughs> then Chandler comes back over and he's so excited that this girl has agreed to go out with him that he can't even pretend with Joey. He's like awful playman. Whoa. <laughs> Just yeah. Truly terrible. Poor Joey. He's trying so hard. <laughs> He's doing what he did the best he could with what he was given. The source material was maybe not so great. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. But then he gets a card that was left by Estelle's talent agency. Mm-hmm. And he says, Maybe they saw me and want to sign me. And then Phoebe's like, based on this play? I mean, based on this
0: play. <laughs> Every time we say the word play now, it's always gonna be play. <laughs> Um, I know that we don't see Estelle in the streaming episode, streaming version of this episode, but mm-hmm. there was one fact I found about her um, that she actually plays a nurse in episode 23 of season one. She delivers Ross's baby. What? Oh, you're right.
1: I remember seeing that and being like, isn't that Estelle? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so we've got that to look forward to. She comes back.
1: So the next scene is actually an extended DVD scene that was cut from the streaming. Um, And it's Estelle's office and Joey walking in saying, I'm here to see Estelle. And then we finally meet her.
0: Oh, she's so great. She's like, oh, hang on, let me go get her. And she turns around in her chair and then turns back and it's like, hi.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She takes a huge drag from her cigarette and fills her office with smoke and turns back and is like,
0: hello. She's so wonderful. So she was a regular on Shawna Na -na from 78 to 81. Never saw it. But I thought that was a band and didn't know it was a show. (laughs) I I didn't know what that was at all.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: She was nominated for a Tony Award in 1974 for Best Supporting or Featured Actress. Did you happen to
1: know how old she was because she seems very young to be playing this type of role. So I, I think that she's a lot younger than she like appears to be on the show.
0: So I saw I saw a clip of her or read something a long time ago about her talking about doing Estelle and all the choices that she made for that character. And how she wanted it to be this just like Haggard, <laughs> yeah, like, super New York lady. And I couldn't find it. I was trying to find it today. Um, but she was born in 1945. Oh. Yeah. But this came out in the 90s, so she was like 50. She looks good then, because
1: yes. I totally thought from from way back when I totally thought that she was like in her 30s playing a 50 year old.
0: Yeah. I thought so too. I think she looks really good. I okay. <laughs> I
1: mean her her whole her whole situation is is so fantastic. Yeah. Like she's got the long pink nails, like the big costume jewelry, the super dark um, like bluish eyeshadow and big lashes, the white colored shirt, that crazy blonde like blown out grandma do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to call it. And she's just like, she, she chain smokes constantly. Yeah. But then when she's just like, mind if I eat? And she like pulls out a sandwich, which she grossly eats while taking drags of her cigarette. I'm like, this woman is so bad and so good.
0: She's so confident and so blunt and just like so herself. She's so Estelle.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love when she's just like, have you ever seen Sleepless in Seattle? He's like, <laughs> Yeah, are you going to give me a part like that? She's like, at the end, when they're so happy for each other, that's going to be me and
0: you. (laughs) And when when Joey spills her drink, she goes, whoa, ride him, cowboy. Oh, I I didn't even see that. (laughs) He, like, pushes her cup into her lap, and she's like, ooh.
1: (laughs) Oh, Estelle. I'm so glad that we meet her finally
0: so glad um she so her name is a reference to one of the founding sisters of alpha Chi omega it's probably kai
1: oh yeah i don't know it's okay we we were neither one of us were in the greek system
0: nope (laughs) um estelle is also the last character in the show to die oh i didn't know that season 10
1: oh yeah and then they try and cover it up so joey doesn't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Phoebe gets to play Estelle, and she does a fantastic job.
1: Oh, so good!
0: She, if you count this DVD version of this episode, she has appeared in every season except four and nine. Okay. Well, she's important for Joey. In this scene where she pulls out her cigarette holder, it's oh, yeah. like straw holders, but it's just <laughs> cigarettes. I love that so much. Oh,
1: it's so disgusting. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was still. The other, the last fact I saw when I was looking on, IMDb um, bios are truly awful. They're like three uh, lines. It had a trivia that said, not related to Clark Gable. <laughs> oh
1: Thanks IMDb.
0: Great job, great journalism.
1: <laughs> I was really wondering. Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway.
1: If we're going off the streaming version, at 4.27 we cut to Central Perk, but there is an, a, another extended DVD scene that opens up this, this scene with Ross looking at the Magic Eye book, which, they cu- which the whole Magic Eye scene was cut out for the streaming version. Um, and I can kind of see why, because I didn't really understand why, why it was in
0: there, other than it was just
1: very gimmicky.
0: (laughs) Well, what I liked about it was that um, it kind of shows Ross's competitive side. Like he's so upset that Phoebe and Monica can see it. And you can see Monica like gleefully looking at him being like, it's right there. And Phoebe's like, I can't unsee it now. Like it's all I can see. (laughs) And he's so mad. And I remember when those came out, they were such a big deal. And I remember having that same struggle before I finally saw my first one. Did you ever have that where you, like, couldn't figure out how to see it? And you, like, pretended
1: that you could because. Oh, yeah. I
0: felt so so left out. And just like in, just like Phoebe and Monica are saying, they're like, just relax your eyes. I'm like, that is not a helpful instruction to me. I don't know what that means. Like, they seem relaxed all the time. I don't know how else to have my eyes be. (laughs) So I just, and then like Phoebe being like, I can't not see it. It's just salt in the wound for Ross. And he's so mad. And I just thought that was, I was just thinking about him and Monica when they're fighting over the football trophy and like him, his competitive stuff coming out.
1: That's a really good point. But I mean, I, I, although I do remember as when, when I did finally, when I was finally able to see the Magic Eye stuff. I remember being very Mm -hmm. underwhelmed and kind of, and kind of disappointed being like, Oh, that's what it looks like. Because for me and I, maybe I wasn't looking at it right or my eyes are weird, but everyone was like, Oh, it pops out. It's 3d. But for me it was all like in like, it was like, like sunk in, sunk in. So no. I don't, think, I don't think I ever even really saw it right. Where <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it's like it's so three D and sticking out, but it was like inverted. So I was like, I, I can kind of see it's the shape of a car,
0: but it doesn't really look like a car. Yeah. Well, and I, I always expected it to be like a car and not the same patterns. I was, I thought it was like something that would reveal itself. Yeah. And totally. not be the same stupid like geometric pattern I was looking at. Yeah. Magic eye books—they're so disappointing. It's really underwhelming. And like, if you have a poster of it on your wall, that was a thing too—to have a poster of mm-hmm. Magic Eye. But once you've seen it one time, like, how many, how many more times do you need to look at it? Could look at that all day. <laughs> all day.
1: <laughs> well, I I do want to say though that the Magic Eye book that Ross couldn't see—like, you you actually end up seeing the pages in the book. Mm-hmm. um i did i did a little research and none of the pictures in the book are actually the statue of liberty so that was made oh. up oh
0: that was just to prove like we're in new york Who yeah
1: i don't know probably is that the end of the extended bit uh yeah but i do want to talk a little bit about their outfits oh man i'm so excited i may vomit First, I have to say that Ross is back in his dockers, his giant dockers that he swims in, and his denim dumpy shirt. Like, it's a freaking shirt under it. What are we doing? Yes. Okay. And then later, he wears this awful blazer over the whole getup. Anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. But it's like, it, it's the multiple layers of dump just like revisited. Um, Phoebe looks like she came from a Renaissance fair. Like I was, I, which kind of tracks for Phoebe.
2: Yeah.
1: But I was just like, what is this like blousey thing with the, with the layers and the vests? I, I don't know. She, it was very Renaissance fairy.
0: It was a little bit too costumey. Like I get she's hippie, yeah. but it felt too costumey.
1: Uh, agreed. And then Monica's back to wearing like another like sweater, sweater, turtleneck thing. And, like, at least in the first shot, like, her boobs look huge. And it might be just, like, the way that she's sitting and, like, the
0: sweater, but I'm, like, it was t- it was distracting for me. <laughs> I have a feeling that a lot of them were wearing, like, push-up bras for a lot of yeah. the seasons because uh, Courtney Cox's boobs aren't that big, and they're not that big later in the show, and that sweater, like, when you see her later in the apartment, she's standing up, her waist is so, like, she looks like sickly with the size of those boobs compared to the rest of her body. Yeah. I don't don't think they're, I think they're enhanced. (laughs) Enhance. Enhance, your favorite.
1: (laughs) Um, oh man, and then Chandler's back in his baggy button up sweater vest
0: again. They couldn't branch out and do a different color. Like, they, they are just keep bringing this black one with the waist buttons back, and it's truly horrifying.
1: Yeah, and they're only, like, partially buttoned.
0: And he's wearing a brown shirt under it. It's just, like, the worst cut, like, black and brown color yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we flash to his date, and I wrote in all capitals, like, what is he wearing on this date? Because... <laughs> It's not great. This <laughs> is so good.
1: I have to tell you, I just, I want you to keep going. But after, after you tell me your thoughts, I have to just like share what I wrote.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got on this like really baggy blazer, like a dumpy baggy brown blazer and maybe a silk collared shirt underneath that's buttoned all the way to his neck.
1: All the way up. Well, and it's it's like a green. It's like a weird, like, foresty
0: green. <laughs> it's awful. And then he's got jeans on that are several inches too short. <laughs> and <laughs> he's got... <laughs> Some kind of loafer, like suede loafers with the little tassel on them, or the like fringe on the top.
1: Oh no, I didn't even notice his shoes.
0: Oh, and then he's got these patterned socks because the pants are so short, you can see all the way. And I don't know if they have golfers on them or what. I couldn't, I couldn't enhance, enhance, but it's it's really bad. And the color palette is just like bland. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And did you note know his hair? It is so.
1: Floofy. It's floofy but like combed back. It's yeah. like it's like it was it was he got a brush wet and just brushed it. Oh, but it started to dry. <laughs> but not all the way. Maybe he put some gel in his brush, his his bristly brush.
0: Like what you do to your kid when they're late for school. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um so I just wrote after all of the descriptions, I wrote Keebler elf question mark. <laughs> because it was all greens and browns and whites and gross. Oh it is. I'm gonna look up a picture of the
0: Keebler <laughs> now because that is that outfit. Oh my god, it is just like slightly different color because he's got a red vest, but
1: wow. I didn't even look it up I just I just that was the image that popped into my head I don't know if it's accurate but that's what it evoked
0: it's pretty I mean I would argue that the Keebler Elf's clothing is probably better fitted than she <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. and she's like she's got this dress that is slit up to her thigh like it's a sexy cleavagey dress her hair looks good all curly and he takes her to the coffee house? Well, yeah, they're not dressed for the coffee coffee house. They're dressed to like go out to dinner.
1: I'm like, why, why? <laughs> or maybe they maybe they came here after their date. Maybe that's fair. but like
0: you can't go anywhere else other than the place in your building. Like isn't yeah. this a great excuse to go anywhere? <laughs> anyway, it's the end of my rant. Yeah.
1: So it this scene shoot that like goes back and forth from present day to the little flashback of the date with him Chandler telling the, the what's happening in the date and then the friends reacting in real time to what he is explaining happened um, and I really liked the, the kind of the bounce back and forth because you you kind of like feel it with them <laughs> yeah
0: and there's a little bit of suspense too because he's like everything was going great until yeah <laughs> and at, at some point in their conversation she mentions yemen at eight nineteen. that's the dvd version though so that might be different on streaming but she mentions yemen like she's like oh we are at the border of yemen and i was wondering if because chandler later when he's trying to break up with janice says he's moving to yemen oh yeah i didn't even make that connection because like, this where he got the idea to move to yemen is from this girl <laughs> probably when he
1: first comes up to them and tells them in the playhouse, like she said, yes, so which like she's Italian. I love the way she says my name. It's Chandler. Well but then when they flash back to the date, she he's talking about how she was a member of the Israeli army. Yeah. and I was like, so what it, what is it? I don't I don't understand.
0: That's a good point. Is Yemen Israeli? But, like, I don't know how she'd become a part of that or be, if she's Italian, but... Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, so, diplomatic relations between Italy and Yemen began on September 2nd, 1926, the signing of the Italo-Yemeni Treaty under which Italy was granted right of control over the east coast of the Red Sea.
1: Oh, so it's
0: legit. So I guess it tracks. Okay.
1: Alrighty. Well, that's weird. All right. Didn't know that good job friends writers someone must have known their Yemenese history
0: maybe she knew because she's well I guess she's born in Switzerland so I
1: don't know (laughs) we find out that she has a husband and a boyfriend along along with Chandler and Chandler's just like reeling with this information he's just like "Uh, what do I do with this (laughs)
0: says like oh we talked till two and they show them in the coffee shop talking and you can see behind Chandler when he's kind of freaking out that all the chairs are up on the tables behind him and I was wondering like how late is this coffee shop open slash it appears to be closed and they're still allowed to stay so does he just have permission to be there
1: I think that that's it's part of their in with the owner they've got an in with Gunther and everyone else yeah okay they All get right. special permission. I'm just I I'm just back. saying that they do. <laughs> I love when she tell when he asks, like, okay, well, how would your husband feel about this? And she's like, Oh, he'd probably be okay because he's okay with Ethan. And he's like, And who is that? <laughs> and she's like, Oh, my boyfriend. And he's like, Okay, so how do you see me fitting into this? And she's just like, Oh purely sexual <laughs> and Monica comes back to Monica being like okay so it's done like yeah and he's like
0: no we're going out again and <laughs> all the good stuff and none of the raw responsibilities
1: yeah it's every guy's fantasy right yeah but
0: then they're like Ross is that true and well
1: no but yeah <laughs>
0: when he's like, well monogamy can be a tricky concept and they all fake fall asleep. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever like whenever he does his science speak. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, fine, you'll never know. And they're like, just kidding, tell us. And he's like, okay, fine. Starts talking and then they all fall asleep again.
1: Yeah. So he does talk about a theory by Richard Leakey. And then when they fall asleep again, that's where that's where it cuts off. So I did look up this uh this theory because I was just curious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I couldn't find any actual information, aside from like reading extensive educational papers about Richard Leakey, but he was connected to and, and um, supported a theory by Dr. Lovejoy, which was that the crucial element in a monogamous, like pair bonding was that the male helps gather food for his family so evolutionarily it made sense for pairs to bond just because it like created more, more space and territory in which they could survive oh. so that was kind of fun to, to read about um, but I also went down a very deep dive um, <laughs> into the difference between polygamy and polyamory (laughs) as a result of this, because I was just thinking that like this topic was so, I don't know, ahead of its time in the nineties. Like I feel like, um, like polygamy itself to me, I'm equating it with like Mormon extremism. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, like under the banner of heaven type uh situations and and so I was like well what is is this what she's talking about is it polygamy and it's not it's polyamory and which the main difference is that both partners in polyamory are allowed to take multiple lovers or one lover so it's like really based on kind of understanding that and trust in like creating a an agreement in which you see other people. A lot of times, it's there's very like strict strict um, agreement within within. So it's like okay, you, there's a set of parameters that you that you follow. And I just thought that that was so far ahead of where they were at in the 90s that I thought it was really pushing the envelope and you could see that like not all of the friends are even comfortable with this right but Chandler's just gonna go for it
0: mm-hmm. yeah for a show that couldn't even show a condom wrapper they're like delving into non-monogamy good for them yeah well and I also
1: was just thinking like when, when Ross says, oh yeah, it's every guy's fantasy, the, my, my initial like, knee-jerk reaction was like, but is it? <laughs> because as we find out later, Chandler is very insecure about the whole thing. Like, yeah. he, He's not okay with it, but that's where I feel like it doesn't really, it's maybe not true polyamory. I feel like maybe she's just kind of a slut. <laughs>
0: she's like get hers
1: well well because like she's not really bringing him into the conversation it's like all about her it's like this is what right. i'm doing and you can either do it or not right and, like it, it made me kind of feel bad for him because he's kind of put in a place that he's not feeling very empowered
0: there's no negotiation there's no like conversation. It's just like all or nothing, but then he wants to have the conversation. So he's like, okay, all. And then he's like, I want to have the conversation. Yeah. Like, no.
1: <laughs> and she like shuts him down, which I I had a huge problem with. I'm like, <laughs> lady, if like, bring him in. He want he wants to like, he wants to be with you. Let's figure it out. But if you don't want anything of it, like, why do you even come on? I don't know. Yeah. True. <laughs> anyway, that-, <laughs> that was a really long rant.
0: Sorry. Hey, no, I uh just to put a bookend on it, I did like though that she was like honest about what she was doing and she was like True. this is who I am and this is what I want and this is what I'm having. So get on board or don't. And like, Good job, girl. <laughs> True. I should I maybe should take back my remark. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. There's there's two sides like it she she kind of plays in a little bit, I guess, too but i did like that she, i was like a strong woman they're showing a woman like going after yes. and it not being like slut shaming it's it's like this is what i'm doing and like you can deal with it true
1: so. true and and he he does enter into it saying it's the fun but none of the responsibility it's just interesting that later he actually does want some of the responsibility. And that's right. where I think Ross is a liar <laughs> in <laughs> his fact that he's saying he's a fantasy because of all the guys. I feel like Ross would not, that wouldn't, he'd make him very uncomfortable.
0: Oh, for sure. And it's so funny that knowing Chandler has commitment issues, that like the one woman who won't there's no commitment possibility. He's like, please, please. Oh my gosh, that's such a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but with every other woman, they're like, let's go here. And he's like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Oh, buddy. <laughs> uh, well, that was exciting. I didn't, I never thought about the difference. So I learned something. <laughs> oh. I also find it was really strange. Uh, up until like five seconds after I'm about to say this, I thought it was really weird that Rachel wasn't there. She was like noticeably absent. And I was like, wait, is she not working in the background? Like, where is she? And then I wrote, just kidding, there she is in the next scene, but I understand why she wasn't there. But at first I was like, where, what's happening? They all do everything together all the time. Where is she? Not always, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Then at seven minutes, 45 seconds, we go to the girl's apartment and they're all coming up from the coffee shop and she's there and they all, they all walk in and
0: she's like, ta-da! <laughs> and um, when she walks in, Chandler says something like, oh, is this how we're greeting people now? Like, is, And then, but there's an episode later where he walks in and someone's like, you son of a bitch, like when he walks in and Chandler's like, is it me or the greeting's really gone downhill? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little callback to this one. I like it.
1: Well, I, I did notice some weird background stuff in this one that I don't know if it was purposeful or not. The fact that Rachel cleans and we start to see some of Monica's uh, anal retentive weirdness. But when, they, when the gang walks in the door the dining room table is noticeably shoved over like farther to the left. So it's almost in like their, their path walking in, like in the hallway. And I was like, why is it so, why is it in such a weird place? Like they have to like walk around it to even get in the door. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because Rachel moved it to clean and that's kind of some foreshadowing for later when, Chandler cleans and moves all of the things and Monica's like everything's wrong.
0: <laughs> I think so.
1: But that, that really bothered me. I'm like, move it back. You you can't even walk through the door. Okay, Monica.
0: There's <laughs> your Monica coming out. I, I know. I know. It has to be perfectly in line with the, with the carpet that's in line with the couch and the edge of this and this. <laughs> Okay, I get
1: it. When the camera pans in to to from the from the gang to then where where Rachel is standing, we pa- we see like kind of a long shot of the apartment. And if you look very very closely, the secret closet door that's always shut is open, and I tried so hard to actually see what was in it, and I couldn't really see much.
0: I saw, I didn't notice that it was open, but I saw somebody wrote about this and it says that there are clothes hanging in there.
1: It looked like there was some kind of like scarf or like scarves Uh or something, but it was really, really kind of dark and hard to see. (laughs) I wanted to know.
0: (laughs) I know. It's so crazy that it takes them so long to address that closet. Yeah. Like years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say really quick though that the apartment looks great. I thought it looked oh. way, way less cluttered. Great job, Rachel.
1: Yeah, like things are put away. There aren't robes hanging places or like I don't know, like CD CD towers all <laughs> cluttering up the place. There are still the awful flower arrangements, but
0: it looks nice. <laughs> it does look nice. It felt a lot less. Um... Like, the walls were, like, creeping in. You know you have so much clutter, it just feels like everything is caving in on you. It felt very open and light and nice. And, like, (coughs) good job, Rachel, because that is not in her wheelhouse at all.
1: Yeah. No, she's trying. She's, like, I feel like she's trying to give back a little bit to Monica and help out for letting her Mm -hmm. stay there. So that that was really sweet.
0: Yeah. And then Monica totally ruins her joy with her controlling anal retentiveness oh my god
1: when she's just like i see you moved the green ottoman first of all i've never seen that green ottoman before (laughs) that really bothered me and then she moved it to the old spot in front of the pink chair which i'm like when was this pink chair ever here i've never noticed that before like they were playing
0: twister before and there was nothing there right yeah It's another one of those, like, let's just pretend there's more apartment here. (laughs) We'll just get some stuff here when we feel like it. Yep. And then Monica's like, well, they're all calling her on how anal she is. And she's like, no, I can be a kook. (laughs) Spoiler alert, she can't.
1: (laughs) No. I love the word kook. It's such a funny word.
0: (laughs) And she acts like she has no idea that she's controlling or anal or opinionated. And she's like, when she finally realizes it, she's like, oh my god, who am I? And Ross goes, Monica, your mom. And that's like the worst thing you can say to her. But I always got the impression that Judy was like really judgmental, but not necessarily controlling. Yeah, she doesn't seem as
1: Ugh, I'm like it must be this way. It's more passive aggressive of like, well, I guess
0: you should have done it this way. <laughs> <laughs> That voice with my Ross. Great to go. We
1: can just play off each other.
0: Yeah. But then my other thought was like, maybe Monica's controlling stuff is a, in reaction to all that judgment. Like, so she now has to like control everything because nothing she ever did was good enough.
1: And that's why you're the therapist.
0: <laughs> no, went a little too deep in analyzing. Them.
1: I do love how, how, Courtney Cox is acting in this in this scene is so good like Mm -hmm. she when when they're just throwing out scenarios at her she's trying so hard like so hard to be flexible (laughs) (laughs) and like Rachel was just like so say that I did all the grocery shopping and you let me buy the detergent without the easy pour stuff and she just interrupts and is like why would you do that (laughs) One would wonder. <laughs> and it's like, in that, in that moment, I was like, oh, I, I feel you a little bit. Like, why would you not do that? It's so helpful.
0: <laughs> right. I definitely have those moments with my significant other or people I live with where I'm like, why are you doing this in the worst possible way when there's such a better way that makes everything easier and more yeah. efficient? Yep. And that
1: right there is my mother, like coming out in me because it's all like from a very young age it was this is how you do it this is the right way this is the most efficient way and it was like ingrained in me so it's like why wouldn't you do that and then you have that crazy moment where you're like oh I am becoming my mother
0: dear lord <laughs> we all do it kids it will happen to you it will you're it's, you can't escape it yep It'll be like this weird blobby new version of your mom with like <laughs> weird stuff too.
1: Your, your weird stuff,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god! But when then when Chandler like walks around the the chair and he's just like, imagine there's a cup with no coaster, cold glass, hot day, the little beads of water inching their way towards the table, and Monica's just like, stop it! And she like yells at him. It so clearly is like bothering her so much.
0: Physically hurting her. <laughs> oh, poor Monica. Uh, I know. She's trying really hard. But that's who she is. Yeah. She's great in a lot of ways, but this is how
1: <laughs> I looked into what Al Pacino films were happening during this time. Because I was curious. I'm like, is there an actual film? Is it just some, like, arbitrary Al Pacino movie? So... If, if Friends is following real life, the Patino films that Joey could be butt-doubling for would be Two Bits, released in 1995, or Heat, also 95. So they both premiered uh, the year after this episode was made. Um, I've never heard of or seen Two Bits, but Heat was a fantastic movie.
0: I've never seen either of them.
1: Oh, we should watch Heat. It's so good. Okay.
0: I did look up, um, I just, like, looked up butt doubles just to, like, learn. Because I was, like, how many people do that? I know some actors, like, do their own butting. I don't what N-
1: Nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was really funny
0: to me. Oh, my God. I was going to say, like, butt reveal. I, <laughs> I, I,
1: I do my own, I know, I do my own butt stuff.
0: Oh, man. Oh, God. I'm, so bad at this. <laughs> I'm an English major, too. I'm so awful with words. Oh,
1: my somebody. gosh. I love it. I love it. Ooh, okay. Oh. Um... <laughs>
0: oh okay so what i learned is that butt doubles are used mostly with tv because whole body nudity is less common in tv than in film so that's why a lot of actors in film will do their own nudity because (laughs) um, it's more common that i guess you'll see other parts of their body so they just do it but in tv there's a lot of butt doubles i guess so th- this is
1: really interesting to me because I feel like in the 90s before, like the whole streaming thing, you were very much either a TV show actor or a movie actor. And I feel like now there's been a lot more crossover. Yeah. Like movie stars are now doing TV because it's it's a little more essentially doing TV now is like doing movies.
0: Yeah, the lines are blurred a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed I think people looked down on TV a lot TV acting was like not considered
1: yeah good and
0: yeah. now it is some great-
1: well yeah all the, all the the like big name actors and actresses are now going into streaming shows on mm-hmm. on all like on Netflix or Hulu or what what whatever streaming service it is because people are watching less movies now and actually like Going into more binge-worthy TV shows because mm-hmm. it's it's a it's more of a time commitment. It's like a like it's almost like TV has become the extended movie mm-hmm. in a way.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I've always had this thing too where I'm like I can't commit two hours to watching a movie, but I'll watch six episodes of a show in a row.
1: <laughs> yeah, which, yeah
0: <laughs> totally.
1: Well, because you can stop at any time. True. You can you can take a break and be like, I'll just revisit it tomorrow, and it's okay because it mm-hmm. it gives you the breaks built in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true.
1: So, well, thank you for looking into but but budding but butt doubling.
0: You got it. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> oh man. There is, I think this is a deleted scene because I'd never seen this before, which is so exciting to me to see a scene I've never seen before. Where Joey comes over to borrow some lotion from Monica and he's like, today's the day. She's like, what do you need the lotion for? I'm like, today's the day. I'm like, oh, you're gonna lube up your butt. And then <laughs> maybe I should cut that. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh, do you also have tweezers? I think I have a rogue hair. <laughs> it's like. I'm so glad that you
1: cut this. Oh my God. I, I must've been fast forwarding through that. I'm so glad I didn't hear that because that would just like, Oh no, I don't, I don't. It's really I think I was probably watching it on fast forward and just missed it. Yeah. You're better off. So when Joey comes in and he runs into the bathroom with the lotion or to get the lotion, you, you, he's wearing a robe, but he's also wearing, like, these black sneakers. Doesn't seem like any socks, but, like, he's wearing these, like, black tennis shoe type things with the robe. And later when you see everyone else is, like, wearing just white socks. I'm like, what? Why did, why did he need to throw on full shoes that tie <laughs> That's uh, to, to go across the hall?
0: It's like when Monica wore sneakers from her bedroom to walk out into the front door. Like, maybe she yeah. requires sneakers. in her
1: But she was wearing socks and yeah. so was Rachel. And so is Chandler. So why, where was he running off to? I had to get that rogue hair <laughs>
0: really fast. When Chandler comes in, and he wants to, I can't remember what he wants to talk to Joey about, but he like runs in the bathroom to talk to Joey and Monica's like, oh no, you might not want to go in there. And Chandler's like, it's fine. We're roommates. And then runs out screaming, my eyes, my eyes. Phoebe does that later in an episode where they're touring Ross's apartment uh, or when Ross is moving into ugly naked guy's apartment and she's looking through the window and she's like, oh, it's Monica and Chandler. Hi guys. Hi. Oh,
1: and, and they're totally having sex
0: yeah and she's
1: yes. like my eyes, my <laughs> eyes. <So. laughs> oh. good, good call back to that to this episode that's
0: fantastic I like it yeah they keep the they keep it consistent unlike yeah. us <laughs> yeah well consistently
1: terrible <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I do like when Rachel comes out and she's just like, who's being loud? Like, of course, she would be the roommate that sleeps in and is just yeah. like all cranky. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys, who's being loud?
0: <laughs> I also really liked Monica's PJs. They actually like fit her and they look like legit PJs.
1: Totally. Although she is wearing a bra, as is Rachel. And I'm just like... I guess maybe because if you live in a, an apartment where boys barge in on you at and all right. hours of the day or night, I guess you would just wear bras all the time, maybe. Yeah.
0: Or I wear I wear a sports bra around here because I live with other people, so that's probably smart. <laughs> I don't sleep in it, but I put it on like when I wake up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I guess that 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 that's that's okay.
0: Not a push-up bra. That's not no. coming up in the morning. No.
1: Not like that. No, um, I do. I do like have kind of an issue with the fact that Chandler says that Aurora stayed the night and he wants to make her breakfast, but then he says he only has twenty minutes before she has to leave and see Ethan. And I'm like, he's gathering up like eggs, orange juice, like, uh, like a like a pan, the whole thing. And I'm like, this is an extensive breakfast that you're making if you have to make it and eat it and be out the door in 20 minutes. And you don't normally have all these things. So you're not normally good at making it, I'm sure. So it's going to take you twice as long as you think it does.
0: I I thought he was going to make her French toast. And I was like, there's no way you got to soak that bread. It's going to take. That's not happening. I also was like, wait, you don't even have a pan at your apartment you have to borrow a pan. What do you make grilled cheese in? (laughs) What do you do anything at all with? True. (laughs) If Rachel and Monica are always so broke, like how is it that they can afford to feed these two guys? And how is it that they're fine with them just like taking their food all the time? And her brother. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, she's she's just like loading him up. She gets the pan out and hands it to
0: It's like, we've been here before, Yeah, (laughs) which is kind of sweet. She's so controlling. She probably loves it. She's like, let me tell you exactly what to do and make and use. (laughs) And how to clean it. (laughs) Yeah. The old Monica would tell you how to clean it. Do we then jump to the shower scene? Oh my gosh, yes.
1: I have so much to say about this next shower scene (laughs) and audition.
0: I wrote. Joey goes into the shower to be a butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I,
1: I, if you could only like title these scenes to be a butt. <laughs> okay, I have a really, really fun fact about this, this scene that made me like so happy. So uh, when I first watched through this, this episode and through the scene, my first initial reaction was like, man, this director is cranky. Mm-hmm. He's so grumpy. And then when I found out who it was, it made me so giddy because it's our friend James Burroughs who directed the first four episodes. It made me so happy.
0: <laughs> that blew my mind. I was I expecting that.
1: <laughs> I, 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 like, it made
0: me, like, love him so much. He <laughs> like, keeps getting on Joey. Like, keep cutting, because Joey's making faces while he's acting. And, like, if you're a butt double, no one is looking above your lower back. Like, no one's seeing your face. It doesn't matter. Why do we have to keep cutting? What is it? Like, isn't he just a butt?
1: No, I thought that he he stopped.
0: He, he cut
1: him at first because he was clenching. Oh, right. Got it. Yeah. Cause okay. his butt, he was, Joey butt said butt was he acting. thought that the butt, the butt was angry. <laughs> okay. That makes okay, sense. Okay. But, but, <laughs> um, I do, <laughs> I do want to say that I think that not that I would know, like for sure, but I feel like if you were doing this scene that doesn't have dialogue, I feel like they would just keep rolling and say, actually, stop clenching, just relax, do the thing, keep showering. Um, and he wouldn't, He. I, I don't feel like he would get, the director would get annoyed and have to have this whole back and forth. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I. I feel like for some reason, and maybe I'm wrong again, I'm not in the film industry, but isn't it, isn't there a reason they want to keep rolling? Like, isn't it more expensive every time they have to cut and reset everything?
1: I think so. I was also thinking of just like of our podcast <laughs> and the logistics of us editing. Like, it's, it's much harder to edit a bunch of pieces together than just yeah. cut out pieces of one long thing. Right? Yeah. So, although you're the editor, so (laughs) I will defer to you on that.
0: Hardman, there's wine and four hours
1: of material. (laughs) There's a lot to cut (laughs) with that combination. Um, But I just feel like, like our friend James is so cranky. He's like, where's the robe? Like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) He's maybe this is at the end of the day and they're just like so done and like just like get the butt scene and be done yeah. and then, why is this butt acting <laughs> like yeah, just and, and now joey is causing them all to stay over and have issues and he's just like all i want to do is get home and have dinner yeah.
0: And I think Joey probably set the tone in a bad way when he walked in and was like, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so grateful this is so wonderful and they're just like just turn around like you're not supposed to be talking. yeah show your face. <laughs> show your face shows your
1: butt <laughs> Oh um, okay so there's a couple weird background things here that I wanted to point out that were super fun to notice so the first one is that when joey says like thank you so much for this opportunity like either that moment is reversed or all the other frames of him showering are reversed because on in that scene his hair is like flipped off to the right and the shower is like you you see the shower in one way And then the rest of the shower seems it's totally, like, the frame is totally flipped. So his hair is over to the left, and then he's showering, and, like, you see the wall of the shower on the other side. It's so weird. Good catch. So I don't know if it was because he was, like, looking to camera this way, like, the other way, and then they had to flip it so that it looks like he's looking at the director in, like, off to the right or uh, like it must have been some kind of editing thing but it was very very subtle
0: i should have you do all our editing. <laughs> <laughs> You've got all this stuff.
1: so the other really fun thing is that when he gets into the shower and loses the robe you you can see his shadow on the side of the shower wall And he very, very obviously is wearing, like, swim trunks. He's not naked. It's like baggy, baggy bag. (laughs) Baggy bag shadow.
0: Oh, Joey. I know. I know. So that was fun. Good catch. I didn't see that. I read about the shadow, but I didn't see it. Did you see it?
1: Yeah, go back and look. It's it's right. <laughs> it's only that one scene when you. It's like behind. You can see the director's head, and his body is like behind the director's head, and that that's when you like because you can see the full shower and the guy like working the water behind it, and uh, and that's where you see the the
0: shadow. Oh yeah, tricky movie magic. Yeah,
1: I know. All right. So then we go uh, and cut to Chandler's room, which is the first time we see this.
0: And I have a note that just says, let Ash go wild with the background (laughs) stuff.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So I know that there's a lot going on in his background. Too much
0: going on in this room.
1: But the first thing I noticed was like, while the books, I don't feel like Chandler's a super book guy, but he's got a ton of books in his headboard.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe they're left over from college. Maybe. I don't know. It's about transponding. Yeah. <laughs> the big thing that I noticed, though, that was just... Uh, I, I felt like he should have outgrown by now is the basketball hamper. <laughs> I was like, dude, you've got this like super hot lady in your room, and you've got this basketball hamper with like, and and then it was like this weird dichotomy of like basketball hamper, um, Oscar Mayer weenie figurine, it like Joker doll, and then there was like it's a Wonderful Life poster, and like. Picture of a, another Hollywood starlet that I didn't know who it was on another wall, and I'm like, it, it's like this weird like sophistication versus like complete child
0: childness. <laughs> yeah, It's a Wonderful Life poster through me. I was like, would he have that? No, yeah. and Hardy in the living room like that makes more sense. Why would we have this Christmas poster?
1: Yeah, is that is a Christmas movie yes well and also he had like these like little little pieces of like old Hollywood yeah so I didn't I haven't done any research yet but I have it on my notes to go back and be like does Chandler have some kind of weird like old movie thing
0: Well, remember when he starts dating Kathy or when Kathy comes into the picture and he wants to watch some Ernie Kovacs Kovac like some old uh- I think he does like old comedy, like really old comedy, but I I don't know about the old Hollywood.
1: He also had like this really creepy, like horror doll in the corner
0: (laughs) that was shoved into a crutch. (laughs) In a crutch hole, like the hole where you put your hand for when you're on crutches. That was terrifying. Yeah, I was like, "Um, I don't like this. Also,
1: there was like a mask. It was almost like a um, like the president's masks that people used to rob banks in, in movies. <laughs> Maybe Ocean's Ocean's Eleven or something. I don't sure, know. Sure. One, one of those movies.
0: Which like, Jack Miller is in, by the way. Oh, oh. <laughs> he doesn't wear a mask, so. No. Oh. But like
1: that, and then and then there was also like a Mork doll from Mork and Mindy. And I was just like, this is so... And, and and then the other questionable art that was like, I don't even know what this crap is.
0: Yeah, it was a weird, like, props yeah. department dump. Just like, here's yeah. some stuff. <laughs> we don't know if we'll see this room again. <laughs> we what don't know something? who this
1: guy is. He's weird. Throw it up, throw it up there. I mean, there, there were also some sports things strewn about.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was like a hockey stick, a little one that was kind of looked like it was stuck in the head of that weird yeah. president mask. <sighs> but then at the end of this, that scene, he falls on his bed after sh- the girl leaves and his room is massive. Like that's when we see the whole room. It, it. I don't remember it being that big. Like when Rachel lives there. It is not. It definitely shrinks. Okay. Okay. yeah
1: it's too yeah. big I actually went online and looked at some sketch-up art from people who have done like mock-up floor plans of the, the girls and the guys apartments <laughs> it is not to scale with those so
0: yeah that is a massive room that's like a studio apartment yeah. size yeah. room
1: <laughs> we kind of already mentioned it but she's like why can't we just have what we have now without being obligated to one another? And like the first part of that, I, I just going back to our other conversation, like I get like, why can't we just have what we have now? If that's what you want, like make that clear. But then like, she's saying like, without being obligated to one another. And I feel like I, that's where I have the problem is that like, it has to be defined in some way so he knows the rules in which he's to play, right? It's like, to be fair to someone, you have to, you have to, or in any situation, you have to, like, know the game that you are playing. But if someone keeps switching the rules, that's unfair.
0: And she's only given him, it seems like, a time limit. She's like, well, this is the time I'll spend with you. But it doesn't seem, and she's like, well, we'll have sex, but it doesn't seem like there's any other, like, we can do whatever, but it has to be in this time." Yeah, this and I,
1: I just, like, that, without being obligated to one another, is like, no, no, you can't have it both ways, where, like, you get to use him how you want. Like, this is, if, even if it is just sex, you have to have some kind of, like, agreement or, like, understanding with one another, and that's that is your obligation yeah. and I and mm-hmm. like I just felt for the guy I felt bad for him because he's just like in a hard space and like he can't win
0: yeah well now he's developed feelings so there's no going back at this point you have to deal with it and so like if it is just sex it needs to be no making me breakfast uh-huh. like no going to the shop like we're just having sex and then I'll see yeah. you later that's it
1: yeah, so, the, like, that was where, like, I was a fan of hers, but I'm just like, well, you can't say that, because that's, mean. that's just mean. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did, like, well, we already talked about this, but just giving, giving a woman yeah. some power over, like, her sexuality, though, was nice, because it usually... It's just men like using them and yeah, throwing them and, away.
1: Well, that's why I thought it was so refreshing, especially during the mid 90s when it, at that point I had yeah. no clue that this was even a thing. <laughs> I didn't even know what boys were.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. It's a tricky, tricky yeah. navig- thing to navigate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then at
1: 1734. We go to the girls' apartment, and Phoebe and Rachel are on the couch. So Ross is sitting, what looks like in Chandler's lap.
0: I couldn't focus on anything else. I was like, what is happening? We already know there's that stupid green ottoman. There is a space on the couch, there's an extra spot. Like, Ross is like on him. I'm so glad you noticed that because I was just like, what the
1: fuck? <laughs> Why is she sitting in his lap? And then Monica is sitting on the floor right where the ottoman was, but she moved. I'm like, you could be comfortably sitting on an ottoman, Monica. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, the whole setup of the seating arrangement, I was baffled. I was like, what is happening? I know they have to have a spot for Joey, but like, he can also just stand and talk to them. He's there for two seconds. So like, does Ross need to be cuddling with you? <laughs> like put Monica, or like put put a girl in that chair with him or something like. They're so unbearably close. <laughs> like, and they don't fit. So Ross is kind
1: of like sitting on the edge of the chair. Like kind of, kind of like awkwardly holding on to
0: him. <laughs> So that he doesn't fall off. Chandler just seems totally fine with it. Yeah. Like, this is comfy. All right.
1: (laughs) So then Joey comes
0: in and he's all sad.
1: And Monica's like, hey, are you the guy who plays Al Pacino's butt? (laughs) And Joey's like, no. And then Ross says, what happened, big guy? Big guy
0: felt like a big guy moment (laughs) oh it's so Ross how how much can you see me trying that out (laughs) oh you
1: would totally do that you'd be like hey 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 old gal (laughs) that's why you you and Court Potter are so
0: perfect for one another (laughs) he can actually legitimately say those things though and pull it off and I think that I will be able to if I just keep doing it but it never works no but that's part of your charm thank you it's true I can't remember I went through a phase where I was really trying to make something happen and Christy was like this is not happening you need to stop saying this word. And I was like no oh, it's gonna it's gonna work I just gotta keep practicing it didn't work
1: um I think I remember what it is. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to say it <laughs> spare
0: everyone. Oh God. Anyway, well, Phoebe gives Joey a really sweet speech. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah, that was really sweet. And they hug. Yeah. Ross and Chandler (laughs) hug.
1: Because what else are they gonna
0: do? They just look at each other and they're like, yeah.
1: They're right there. They might as well hug.
0: They're basically already
1: hugging. i wrote down in my notes they all hug
0: (laughs) (laughs) monica gets up and she's like okay i gotta go to bed guys and the first thing she does is just like stoop over to ross and kiss him
1: i knew you would write something about that (laughs) it's so unnecessary like why why i know give him a pat on the shoulder
0: yeah it's just
1: as good or better yeah yeah. So, but then, but then, they're like, "Oh, are you gonna leave, leave your shoes there?" And she's just like, so torn. She's like, "Yeah, <laughs> of course." Is it Yeah. <laughs>
0: Kooky. It's good.
1: But then Ross totally notices it and notices her her dilemma. And after she leaves, he's just like, oh, "She is a kook," <laughs> because she's clearly just just obsessed with, with that whole situation right now. And he knows how she's just going to keep thinking about
0: it. Is that the original tag? Like what's the original or the streaming tag for this episode?
1: It's just Monica in her bed. Okay. Like laying, like laying there in her inner monologue
0: debating okay. if she should go back for the shoes. Okay. So they just, that's the, that's the end. right? Yep.
1: Right after she says, I need help and like rolls over, that's the end. Okay. I do have to say though, I have so done this over such stupid things, yeah. like shoes. And it's not necessarily even like, I needed to put something away, although that has happened. <laughs> or like, or it's been like, did I lock that door? <laughs> or um, I should write this thing down in my head. So I don't think about it. And then I ended up end up thinking about it for like 2 hours until I'm like uh then I'll get up and do it and then I'll like fall asleep like a baby. Yep.
0: Yeah. I have this thing, I don't know why it's been bothering me in the last year or so, my pajama pants like when they get up like pushed up around my shin or my calf. Oh. I'll just lay there because I now have a weighted blanket. So it's really hard to adjust anything. And I yeah. have a body pillow in there. So it's like a whole production to get in bed. <laughs> like no adjustments can be made once I'm in there. You're, you're locked in. Stuck. But then I'll lay there for like 45 minutes being like, I just want that pant leg like down. And like, all I have to do is just move and fix it. And I don't. And then when I finally do, I fall asleep. It's just, Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I do that with like if something like if a phone or like a phone or an iPad or something is blinking, and I'm just like that damn blinking light. I just, I just want it to stop. And you like try and will it to stop. Mm-hmm. You're just like maybe if I close my eyes, I won't notice. But then it like goes through your eyelids somehow brighter. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like you. you why do you, why do we fight
0: this thing? I don't know. Maybe we you have just, control issues. <laughs> it's not going to win I'm going to win
1: I'm going to win damn it (laughs) oh oh we're Monica yeah we are (laughs) a little bit I I definitely have some of that Tyler (laughs) Tyler definitely does not have that thing at all he's a good sleeper he will either sleep through it or he'll just get up and deal with it oh but there's none of this, like, it, like inner fight where it's just like, I must win. So he just, now. like,
0: sleeps at night? How does, yeah. is that, like, he just enjoys his sleep?
1: Or if he can't, he does something about it.
0: Oh, <laughs> weird. Like, that's, how do you do that? <laughs> if I wake up and go to the bathroom, it's, like, there's, like, a sheer terror in my body and my brain being, like, I hope I'll go back to sleep. Oh, God. It's like 4 a.m. Like, maybe I'm awake now. Oh, There's like a whole thing.
1: I have full on woken Tyler up <laughs> after already being up for a, a long time to fix something that I could have just gotten up and fixed. But I'm like, if I dare get out of bed, I will That's never go <laughs> back to sleep. And I know he will. And he gets so mad at me because he'll be like, why didn't you just do it? Why don't you just get up and like turn off the, the, the nightlight that's bothering you? And I'm just like,
0: because I'll never go to sleep again. If people just did that, then therapy wouldn't exist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't know I was so, I had so many neuroses. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whatever. Oh, there's plenty more. We have like 200 episodes that we can slowly reveal you <laughs> on each. I know. <laughs> many more.
1: Oh, man. So, this is the tag for this, this streaming mm-hmm. episode. But then there's an additional tag that goes in, back into the living room where the rest of the gang is still hanging out. And it's so, so sweet.
0: I love that they all just sing. Joey, well at first Joey doesn't want to participate he's like you're making fun of me and then he really gets into the song and they're all just having a great time together I know they get up and dance and like Rachel throws his, popcorn
1: yeah yeah they do his little like jazz hands and like it's
0: it's so wholesome yeah it's so sweet poor Monica's just like obsessing Yeah, <laughs> their room compulsively yeah Oh I had friends they would have picked up the shoes and just put them in her like inside her door for her that would have been nice That's
1: True. that would have been nice but then they wouldn't have let her be a kook
0: it's true <laughs> oh remember when i would stay at your apartment on was it t street and i'd always mm-hmm. take your clock off the wall when i'd spend the night <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that was like my three dollar
0: clock oh,
1: so you were loud. like it's so goddamn loud <laughs>
0: I can't do ticking. I will just obsess over the ticking. I can't do it. It suddenly like sounds like a bomb is about to go off. I can't. That's my other one.
1: Didn't you like hide it in a chest or something?
0: Yeah, I had to put it in that closet in the living room. I'd like put it in a blanket in that door because otherwise you could yeah. still hear it.
1: Yeah. That ticking would just pound through the doorway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. We all have we all have our things okay everyone it's gonna be okay yeah
0: it's gonna be okay (laughs) well that was our episode that was it what do we have next week i forgot the next week we have the one with the blackout oh yeah oh that'll be a good one yeah there's a uh oh we meet pablo
1: oh pablo
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh and joe gordiker wait
1: what who it
0: girl (laughs) I don't remember that one you don't remember it's Chandler's in the ATM vestibule stuck with (gasps) oh yes oh god
1: that's
0: gonna
1: be that's gonna be really fun it's a good one yeah well
0: great job (laughs) well done I got a text from Lindsay by the way I meant to tell you she out of nowhere she was like Joy now. Ha 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 ha. And it was like, oh, you're listening to our show. <laughs> and she said, also, I think the other episode with just Jack and not Judy is the one where he comes over to console Monica after she and Richard break up. Oh. I don't remember that happening. I don't remember her dad coming over, but she's probably right. She knows a lot about crime. I I think I
1: remember it. Um, They have like a really sweet moment.
0: Well, there's a, someone listening out there. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> it's a couple uh,
0: fans. Yeah. Well, send us your corrections and fix-its and your
1: <laughs> who's-its and what's-its. <laughs> <It's a> galore. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you know that one. <laughs> hey, I've got kids. Like, I know all the Disney, the <laughs> Disney stuff, so... Oh, Sarah, I love you. I love you, too. I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you, too. Thanks, guys. Bye, friends. Bye. I love that they just waved, even though I'm like, no one can see me. <laughs> Better Friends Podcast is created, produced, edited, and all the other things by Ashley Madden and Sarah Reinen. Please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Send us your questions to betterfriendswatchingfriends at gmail.com.
0: To find out more about Better Friends, please check us out on Twitter at Better or on Instagram at Better Watching Friends. Thanks for listening.